happening, people? Welcome back to Park Lane Podcast, episode number 25. My name is Luke, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Harry. Harry, how are you doing, mate? I'm very good, thank you. Pleasure to be here, as always. Yeah, good to have you on, mate. And uh, joined once again, my good friend, Marlon, from A View from the South Stand TV. How are you doing, mate? Good, good, good. I'm glad to be back on finally. I could do a Saturday morning for once. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, mate. I love it. I love the way you just messaged me and was like, yeah, I can be on. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> perfect. That's what we need. Um, before we get into it, obviously, just do all the housekeeping stuff. So, you know, if you do like the channel, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. If you do like the video, click the like button. And if you are following us on any podcast platform, don't forget to follow and give us a five star review. Um, also, um, we are now associated with uh, Secure it VPN. So if you are interested, Secure it VPN is the ultimate solution for all football fans who want to watch Premier League matches securely without any restrictions. With its advanced encryption technology, Secure it VPN provides a secure and private internet connection that guarantees your online activities are not monitored or tracked by any third parties. Furthermore, it's lightning fast speed, ensuring that your streaming experience is smooth and uninterrupted. With all these features and benefits, Secure it VPN undoubtedly is one of the best choices for anyone who wants to enjoy watching Premier League football without any worries. You can sign up uh, via the link, which is securevpn forward slash Park Lane Pod, and you do receive a 25% discount on your first month by using Park Lane Pod at checkout. So now we've got that out of the way, let's move on. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly oh mate it was about <laughs> twice as long as that i just cut it out um anyway shout out to them so if you are interested um with vpns jump on board they reason reasonably good prices as well so um have a little look but harry let's go straight on and talk about spurs that's what we're all here for we're not here to talk about vpns so let's talk about last weekend's game against west yeah. ham 2-0 win, which I did predict on last week's show, so I'll, I'll yeah, add that. Well that. Um, but what are your kind of thoughts just on the overall game and how Spurs performed? Yeah, fairly decent. You know, I thought we got, got the job done. I think we're a lot better in that second half. I think I don't think we're fantastic in the first half, but once again, I think the second half, you know, we've got the job done. Um, fairly convincing performance. I think we, we could have been better, but that second half performance was more like what we want to see and we got the job done like Luke we both expected to so yeah not much to moan about at the moment <laughs> yeah definitely it's good to get another win isn't it Marlon what what were your thoughts watching the game were you happy with the performance still not happy with Spurs um I suppose look at the end of the day it was a poor West Ham side um and we got the job done and it wasn't like we played badly it, we just first first half, both teams were crap. I would not have wanted to. That was not a Premier League kind of game, but it was it was one of them. Both teams could tell there was some confidence issues going into it with both teams. And I, and actually looking at it, I was expecting more from West Ham. I was expecting way more from West Ham. But the two people that did surprise me was Ben Davis and Royale. Um, and I know we'll probably get into that later, but. Yeah, it wasn't great. Like again, it wasn't great, but we got the job done. My worry is, is if we play like that consistently over the next couple of weeks. But I'll take the two 0 win. I'm not going to complain. I'm going to be positive. Um, I have to be. Um, and let's see how these next few weeks go. Um, but I tell you what's really weird. Hearing Harry's opinion after a week, 
because um, he was obviously on my channel straight afterwards and it's like yeah. there the slight differences now that he's had time to review it but yeah no <laughs> it was it was good it was good it was it was okay-ish and I'll take it and that and that's the way I'm going to be yeah it was a good segue actually Marlon so Harry um you were on our show so what tell everyone if they didn't see what your thoughts were then and what they are now because I'm interested to know <laughs> you, you're testing my memory back then. Marlon probably knows better than me. Um, I can't really remember what I said. Um, I think I was uh, happy with win at times, probably a bit critical of the performance. But looking back at it now, you know, we got the job done and see the bigger picture. Um, you know, I think in that first half, you know, West Ham had a couple of chances. You know, it could have gone either way. Either side could have led at half time, but I thought the second half performance was better. Um, not entirely convincing, though. So I think we need to improve. But it is the poor West Ham side, but you got the job done, I suppose. So there's there's always that negative side to it, but you go overlook the pit, bigger picture, you know, and we did get the job done and we won three points. Yeah, definitely, mate. And that does take us into the top four, Harry. So I'll come back to you, you know, from how bad, and I'm trying not to be too critical this week, right, but how bad Spurs have been all season and to say that we're sitting in the top four, that, that is a good, you know, that's a good, place to be right playing terrible football barely winning games that we should be winning and we're still in the top four it's mind-blowing really if you think about it I mean I think the performances all season have been very poor I can't remember the last time we played well you know in the whole 90 minutes even the first game of the season against Southampton it was really only the second half we stepped up Crystal Palace dumped them only really the second half we haven't seemed to play well the whole game we when we have started well we haven't ended well Uh, I think before World Cup, we got lucky with a few of our results, especially early on in the season. Found ourselves really high up in the league. I think first or second at one point for for you know a few weeks going into the first international break. But the performances still weren't good, so I don't think the performances have changed. Uh, I think we've struggled with results after the World Cup, but it's just, it's mind blowing because at the end of the day we're fourth. We're still in the Champions League. Got, we've got it to do, but we're still in the Champions League and still in the FA Cup as well. So at the moment it looks okay, but you know the performances aren't good and consistency is an issue. I think we've got a lot of issues off the pitch uh, that need to be talked about. But, you know, we're fourth, which, you know, I'm joining it by at last because I don't think we'll be there for long, but we're fourth at the moment. I told, I said, Harry, we were going to be optimistic today, but you suddenly went Sorry, to top four, Jack, uh, <laughs> to push us last. down the drain. But, Marlon, <laughs> do, you, do you agree with what Harry says? Do you think that we'll finish top four this season? Or do you think that it's just not going to happen? It depends on the League Cup final tomorrow. Um, I think that's going to play a massive, massive part on where we finish um, because whoever wins it, especially if Newcastle win it, I think they'll take a dip in the form. Um, but I'm not entirely sure. Even Man United, I'm not entirely sure on how Man United seem to be changing, changing, changing the way they played, um, and they seem to be having a different mentality. Um, so. To be honest, I'll be cheering on Newcastle tomorrow. I know I probably shouldn't be because I know for future things, but actually for the, for this season, we need probably Newcastle to win it because you can see since Newcastle got into that final, their results have completely gone downhill. <laughs> um, they've obviously got one eye on tomorrow um, and that's why their results have suddenly turned. Um, as for the as for the top four this, this year, I think it for us to, to be on eight defeats and to be in the top four, it shows you how poor the Premier League's been this year. And yeah. the weekend, I, I could sit there and probably name five teams that have played better than this year than they have in previous years. 
and that's probably obviously Arsenal, United, Newcastle, Brentford, Brighton. Apart from them five teams, everyone else is pretty much having a poor season. And that shows you how poor the Premier League's been. And you should think about it. Like, I didn't even mention Man City. Even for them, they're having a poor season. Um, and that's why if, for Arsenal, if they don't win it this year, <laughs> they will never get a better chance. They will never get a better chance because City and Liverpool have obviously completely gone off the bowl. Chelsea have spent all that money and it, it does take time. Whether it's with Potter or not, it's a completely different conversation. Um, but yeah, but we're sitting there with eight defeats and we're still, what, in the top four? And we're that many points behind Newcastle. Newcastle have drawn so many, uh, but we've won more than them. But yet they're having a good season. So you kind of have to look at it like that. Um, I think a lot of people, a lot of teams are having a hangover from last year. Um, and it, it's so blatant, you can see it. Like even certain players, Son, Salah, having hangovers. Man City as a team are having a hangover. The World Cup being in between. There's so many different factors. Um, and we've been quite lucky um, that obviously a lot of the games that we've played, those second half performances that we've had during the season have kind of helped us out to why we are where we are now. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, I'm not even sure if I want top four. I'm at that moment now where I don't even know what I want because what difference does it make if we get it or not? Um, you know, look at the signings in the summer. I said, I've said this before. Every signing we made in the summer, apart from probably Perisic, we could have made if we were in the Europa League. Yeah. And, that, and that's my biggest worry about Spurs right now. We need to start making signings that... You know when we made the Van der Vaart signing and we all went, it's only because we're in the Champions League. You kind of knew he was only coming here for that factor. We haven't we haven't had that sort of signing for years. Like, not years. And that's the biggest issue we're having right now. Yeah, I, I, I do understand what you're saying, right? But I'll come back to you. I, the one point I want to take away from that is you're not sure if you even want Champions League football. Like, yeah. is that solely based on the answer that you gave in terms of whether it will actually benefit the transfer business that Spurs do rather than actually not bothering about wanting to watch Spurs play in the Champions League? It's a bit of both. Like, if you're going to if you're gonna compete in the Champions League, like, let's, let, let's be totally honest, right? Tottenham or a Champions League team should never be in a situation... Yeah, it's never been a situation where Saar and Skip are your starting two. Like, there's no way we should have been left in that predicament. I guess, and I get it, injuries and stuff like that, but we should never have been left in that situation, right? Our back three, like, you, you saw when Ben Davis came on against Milan. That was just an awful 10 minutes. And again, it showed our quality. Our front three right now, um, even Kane, Kane, since Kane's broke the record, they've all gone off the boil. Our front three are just not firing at the moment. And it'd be great if we could go, you know what, let's take Kulazewski out and put someone else in. But we can't even afford to do that because we see what happens when we, we miss Kulazewski for months. We weren't playing well. We were just winning games in the second half. And we shouldn't be left in that, that type of situation. And that's my, uh, that's my only argument to it. Is actually, actually, if you go and play Europa League football, you can actually concentrate on the Premier League all year. And then Europa League can do what you've done every year that you've done before and just play a second string in it. If, if, that's, if that's the type they're going down. Yeah, it's like when we if we win or beat or if we lose or draw to AC Milan, you know, next in a couple of weeks, what difference does that make to our season? Because we're not we're not going in the Champions League to try and even we're just in there to make up numbers. Is that what we want to be? Is what is what yeah, I'm asking. I, I understand, but surely, uh, uh, you know, be, let's say we beat AC Milan, right? Let's just it's a one nil deficit at the moment, right? 
there's I know a poor AC Milan that let's be honest, we yeah, should beat. But let's say let's say a, a quarter final of a Champions League. Are you not happy as a fan with a quarter final of the Champions League football? Again, there's only a very, very small amount of teams that go right, in it and know that they right, can win I, it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be totally honest. No, because I don't I don't want to be just getting to quarterfinals. That's that's Arsenal mentality under Wenger, right? And that's not where if we're if you're paying the most expensive season tickets in the country, you've got to look at it and go. No, we should be aiming for semi-finals and finals. Like, why? Why can't we? Why is that not the aim? Why are we aiming just to compete? Right at the end of the day, the whole point of football is is to you know be the best and win trophies. At the end of the day, it's not about you know making Champions League football. Like, if you think ten years or well, maybe longer than that, twenty years ago, Champions League football wasn't was wasn't what it is today, and it was about winning other cups and other competitions. But what's the point in going in it and competing in it if we're not seeing the quality of it. So that's why I'm saying at this present moment, I would sit there and say, apart from Harry Kane, probably Son at best, Spence Konkulu, the rest of the team is kind of Europa League level. <laughs> um, and that and that's my that's my only problem. I, I should include Romero in that as well. But the rest of them, would you would you pay 50 or 60 quid to be watching that every week if no. you if it wasn't if you wasn't a season ticket holder? Would you want to? <laughs> Is my aunt. Yeah, is, is... I get I get your point, but then talk about Europa League. Do you really see us winning the Europa League if we were in it this season? If well, looking at the teams in it, Barcelona, Real, uh, Barcelona, Man United, and um, the other team. Well, you know, Sporting Lisbon are in it, and yet we didn't beat them. So again, you're <laughs> actually answer, you're actually answering the question for me because again, we're not even at that level. <laughs> so, um, but and, and that's where we're at. We kind of got. You know, you should have two squads, right? I've always believed you should have two squads. I get the first team and the second string won't the second string won't be as much quality, but you want to be able to pull on that second team, second squad, and go. Actually, if you're coming in, you're just gonna you're gonna be given a good performance as much as the first team player. I get you're not gonna get another Harry Kane. I get that, and I get you're not gonna get another. Well, you probably could get another Romero if you actually, but you're not gonna get that sort of quality. But actually, make sure the quality is good coming in, and at that present moment. A lot of our players are second string players that shouldn't even be playing for our first team. And that's why I actually sometimes think Conte is doing a better job than we all realise. Um, because I know we're playing really bad football, but actually to have us in fourth, right, and competing and still, like, you have to look at it. To have us in full spot at this part of the season you've, and looking at our squad, you kind of go, okay, he's actually doing a better job than we expected. And a lot of people won't agree with that, but we should be nowhere near. We should do, we should be nowhere near that full spot, especially after how many games we've lost. And most of them, most of the games we've lost, have been to top six sides. I think we've only lost okay. two. I'm, I'm coming back to you one, one more time, right? And then yeah. I'm going to go to Harry. One thing you mentioned was that you think Conte is potentially doing slightly better than expected. Or, or or should do right with with the kind of caliber of players that kind of thing. I assume is the angle that you're going at, right? But before that, you also mentioned that this is one of the poorest Premier League seasons in recent years in terms yeah. of the teams that are underperforming. So, yeah. is he doing a good job, or is he doing an average job based on the current caliber of the Premier League? It's a bit of both, and that and that and that's the argument right now. It is a bit of both. I think Conte's got very lucky in the sense of that the Premier League is having a poor season. But at the same time, considering who our squad is, you can't like 
I, I'm looking at it like this. I look at it and go, is our defence any better than Liverpool's? Probably not. We, if we're being completely honest, it's not better than Liverpool's. It's not even better than Chelsea's, right? But their problem is they don't have a Harry Kane. Both of them just don't have a Harry Kane. <laughs> um, so you're kind of going, but a lot of our play, and I think what Conte tries to do, a lot of it has to go through Harry Kane because he's the only player who's actually performing this season. And if it wasn't for Haaland, or Haaland, however you want to pronounce it, Harry Kane is probably having the season of his life. Now, the thing is that you have to kind of go is, and you have to just take the situation we're in right now. And the fact that we can even say, the bigger picture is, we're fourth. I know there's games in hand and stuff, and the points are on the board. But you have to kind of go, is Conte doing that much of a bad job that we should be sitting in fourth? If that, let's be honest, and the club's aim is full spot, to the club, he's doing well, <laughs> right? Because that's where they want to be. But to us fans, yes, the football is sometimes god awful to watch. But if you look at parts of last season, there were certain games last season that Spurs were entertaining, right? Let's take the Arsenal game at home. Not one of us said it was poor, but Conte, Conte wanted to move on from that. But the problem is we can't trust that back three. And I think that's where the big issue is right now is that we can't trust anyone in that back three, which then means the football, he has to plan in a completely different way. Um, and what hasn't helped this year is the mistakes that they've all made. <laughs> but, you know, everyone wants us to play on the front foot, but Conte's one of them managers, isn't he? He doesn't want to win games. Like, he doesn't want to win games 4-3 like he did against Leeds. He doesn't want to win them games against Bournemouth 4-3 either. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't like that sort of football. But it has come to that point because he's so poor. Like, and that's why, when you look at the West Ham game, the fact that Bowen finishes off that chance is a complete different game. So, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. You have to ask yourself these questions, and that's a poor West Ham side, and we still just can't seem to. And it, you can't, like, I know you can't completely blame Conte for like for that. You have to completely ask, ask yourself as the players what they're taking on instructions is how do they then go and perform. Where I do blame Conte is when you're playing Ryan Sessignon left wing back and you're playing Hoiberg next to Saar and Hoiberg's not telling Saar what to do in a North London derby there's stuff like that where I got start asking questions of Conte but you know what he's he's trusted in Emerson Royale and I know we're going to get onto him you have to give him credit for that and Jed Spence apparently he's doing he had one good game for uh is it Renz he's at mm. and then yesterday apparently the other day he was really poor so and a lot of fans were calling for Jed Spence to come in so you have to, you know, you have to trust what Conte says on something sometimes. Yeah, yeah, Harry, what, what's your thoughts? Kind of brief overview on everything that we just discussed. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. Um, I'm probably in between both, to be honest with you. I think that I suppose, you know, I've got to admit that Conte is perhaps you know living up to the club's um, small mentality standards or finishing in top four. Personally, don't think that's a way a big club should look at it. You know, we've got someone like Arsenal, right, who we finished above last season just about yes but we finished above them who are now top of the league and what I can't remember exact number but a long way right ahead of us and they've done a double over us that just shows the difference for me in ambition mentality in a transfer window and the difference of a manager I think we've got it completely wrong much I hate to admit it they're playing great football and getting great results we're playing terrible football and can't even get the results um, I think we're only in top four personally because uh, Conte's not here. I think Conte done a fantastic job last season, but if you look at it, may only be coincidence. But he comes in and we lose two games against Leicester Milan, goes away and we win. It's like that. 
as soon as he goes, we win again. So it might just be coincidence, but uh, I'm someone who's defended Conte a lot and criticised the board, Levy, you know, a lot. But um, I think all our Spurs fans, after well, the majority of our Spurs fans, after that summer transfer window, including myself, went, I can see us finishing second or third this year based on that transfer window. May have not been all the high-profile players, but in terms of positions, I looked at that transfer window and went, finished second or third. And, um, you know, I just think that so many teams this year have been, have been poor. And I think I get criticised just a lot, but I'm going to continue to say it. You know, I love Wratton and Arsenal fans, but, uh, you know, I think Arsenal have had it really, really easy. I've never seen City drop as many points. Liverpool and Chelsea, I've never seen them like they are now for a long time. Uh, you've got likes of Man United, who even start the season poor, finally coming into play. You know, that you've got that. And even us, you know, we're not the same. So I think Arsenal have had it easy. But as stupid as this may sound, I'd rather us not get European football than get something like Conference League or Europa League. Because I just think the way we approach like the Conference League, Europa League, we play a weaker team that can't even beat you know, small teams. I'd rather not get Europe at all. I believe that disrupts it. Um, the bit I'd have to disagree with you on, Marlon, is the fact that I would like, personally, like Champions League. Obviously, I don't think that's enough in terms of, um, for us fans, I think the club has basic expectations, like you pointed out, for higher season tickets in Europe. But I just think something we've got to accept, our owners are um, not very well, not very intelligent, a bit small-minded and lack ambition. Um, yeah, useless, if I may say so. Uh, I think I've come to the point where I've got to accept that. Uh, I don't see a long-term future with Conte either, and I can't see us getting top four. I know you say come into this positive-minded, but I can't see us finishing even in the top five. I just think consistency is an issue. Players are injured. Players are an issue. Probably get more injuries. Conte's not here. I just think whenever things go right, things that go wrong with Tottenham. So yeah, I'm already focusing on next season. Right. Okay. So let's bring back a little bit of positivity to this show today. Um, everyone that knows me knows that I'm filled with it. So let's have a quick talk about um, a few players from the West Ham game because we did start talking about West Ham, but we kind of went off on a big tangent. Um, Harry, I'll come back to you quickly. Emerson right. Royale, again, had a great game. He played really, really well, I thought, in that right wing-back role. And ever since Pedro Porro has come in, he seems to have just stepped it up and uh, scored us our first goal. Um what are your thoughts on uh, Emerson Royale and his recent uplifting performances? Yeah, you know, fair play to him. You know, he stepped stepped up recently. I mean, like you know, we discussed earlier. I think it's the you know, the difference of signing a quality player in his position. Who now, by the way, in Poro, who can't even get into the team. We're talking about a player that all us fans wanted to get rid of not that long ago. Um, myself didn't want him in the team. None of us could see, could we, why Conte was playing him. You know, it was just like, why are you playing him? He's playing terrible. Um, but perhaps that paid off. But he's, you know, we're talking about a player also spent a million pounds trying to improve his defending. So he's got that commitment, determination there. Uh, and yeah, stepped up recently, both attacking and defensively. He's enjoying life on and off the football pitch. Uh, and he's got that smile back on his face. It's great to see, to be fair. Uh, and um this is not something I expected to say even a few weeks ago, but Emerson's probably at the moment, along with Romero, our best our best players in the team at the moment. I think our attack isn't isn't linking up. I thought even against West Ham, front three, just no connection there. Got a bit lucky, I think, at times in that game. But the likes of Emerson, um, I think probably the I would say at the moment the only player well against West Ham, Emerson and Hoyberg, the only two that for me look promising. 
to fair play to Emerson. Yeah, yeah. And and Marlon, uh, just want your thoughts on Emerson Royale, but also on Ben Davis. I thought that he had an outstanding game as left wing back uh, against West Ham. You know, we've talked about poor West Ham and so on, but I thought that he got forward well and he did what he mm-hmm. needed to do. Um, you know, kind of at a standard level that you would expect from a player. Now, I'm not suggesting that he's got the heights of, you know, some of the best left wing backs in the world, but I called it. You put in a, you put in a good performance. Do you know what? Um, I was a bit sceptical at first when I saw Ben Davis at left wing back. And then I thought, then I started going back on history and thought, to be fair, he's a natural left back anyway. So this should be easy. And I believe that Potch has played him left wing back against Real Madrid a few years back. Yeah. So I was a bit like, you know what? And I, I was, because I, I was on the We Are Tottenham TV pump up before it. And <laughs> when we saw the team, you should have seen the two other hosts, their faces deflated. And I, I was, went, actually, to be fair to Ben Davis, he can get forward. He's just not great at getting back. But also at the same time, I think because we've been starred with Sess, Doherty, and Perisic at left wing back, and Perisic's performance in the last two months have been god awful. I think anyone could have gone there and done a decent job, but actually Ben Davis just done the job that was expected of a left wing back in that situation. But fair play to him because actually I'd love to see him there again against against Chelsea. He needs to, like I'd go, I'd put Longley back at left wing back, the left centre back, and Davis back on left wing back. Um, and just give Perisic that rest um, and let Perisic yeah. come on and make an impact on games. Because that's when Perisic is probably at his best, when he has to come on and take corners and set pieces and stuff like that, where he can make an impact. But as for Emerson Royale, um, I was one of those who defended him. I thought some of the abuse that he got from the Spurs f- fan base was unjustified. Yeah. Um, he could always defend. He was just terrible at going forward. And this is where I do blame Conte. I thought the tactics he, you know, you've got this player that is not very good at going forward. Don't make him go forward as much or put him in positions where he's not going to make an impact on your forward play because you've been with him long enough and you're picking him every week now. But Spurs fans' abuse to him was beyond the point of they were just trying to blame anybody. And I got to the point where when Pedro Porro came in, I was I was like, why are you bringing in Pedro Porro if actually you could bring in Pedro Porro? Does that make a difference to the goals we're conceding? Spurs should have gone in and got two centre-backs. That's all that was needed just to fix that leaky defence that we had, right? Because Emerson Royale was able to do a job, but his performances in the last few weeks, I've been surprised. And when I say surprised, I've been surprised on the way he goes forward. Because defensively, I've always said he's been sound. Like, even when he's next to Sanchez, he's been good. We've always said he's able to defend. But a lot of people said, actually, it's actually what he does with the ball at his feet. But when he scored that goal again, scored the first goal, I was pleased for him. Right, because I I know he ain't great, but I wasn't gonna give him the ride that everyone else has. Because for me, Emerson's not the worst player in the team. There are other players, but they seem to be getting away with it. And Emerson yeah. Royal was always like, even when Emerson Royal weren't even playing, he was getting abuse. And you, the only thing I say is that um, the Leicester game, we missed him. Just shows you how much how much we missed him because it was. I was a bit surprised Tanganga played in the first place, but. Pedro Porro just got welcome to the Premier League against Leicester. And Leicester are a bang average team, let's be honest. They're not they're, they're better than the most teams at the bottom and they just started really badly. But yeah, that was just a lesson. <laughs> um and good luck to him because he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of them games this year. Um when he especially when you come up against the Zahas of this world. You know, remember Emerson Royale's first game against Zaha? He wasn't great either, and we all looked at him and went, Oh my god, what have we bought? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah no i i um you know i i kind of agree about you know what you what you mentioned about pedro porro but harry um I think it's gonna it's gonna take some time for Poro, as we said last week, to to come in and be able to do a job. I remember under Pochettino a lot, you know, he would never start new signings, you know, straight away. He would allow them time. I remember I think Lucas Mora, I think, and especially Ryan Sessignon as well, took a long, long time before they were actually integrated into the squad because he believed that actually it would take yeah. uh, you know, they needed to be able to perform on the training ground the abilities of the squad. So I was surprised the way that Poro came straight in. But uh, just quickly about um, Hyunmin Son, uh, very quickly, he was benched, came back on, um, was set up by Harry Kane, scored a goal. You know, the things that we want from him. Are you happy for him? I'm, I'm very happy for him. I think it's the right decision to bench him and I would do the same against Chelsea, personally. I think that shows the effect. Uh, and I, we were discussing this, weren't we, Marlon, on a view from the South Stand the other day, uh, discussed it also with you, Luke, before the game about setting that standard, you know, about showing players that, you know, no matter about how bad you're playing, no matter how, you know, high profile player ego you are, uh, you need to be dropped, for example. I was one of the fans when Kane had a bad for, uh, run of form just before he wanted to leave. Uh, under, I think it was the end of Pochettino, I was one of the ones who said drop him, you know, to, to show that he has to work his way into the team. Because I think lots of players look at it. I'm not going to put names on it, right? But lots of players look at the situation and go, look, I'm in the team. I made it as a professional footballer. Actually, one example I will give is Deli Ali. You know, took his foot off the gas a little bit. You know, I'm here, I've made it, everything's going right in life. Uh, and you just can't do that. I'm not saying Son's doing that, but I think dropping him set that standard to get in the team. And he come on the bench and look like a player who was willing to prove something and, and he'd done well and I'll do the same against Chelsea um, and uh, I called for him to be benched I'm quite happy with that I take credit for that and also something I'm happy about is that um, Luke when I went through my team news that I would play against West Ham and I did want to see Davis left wing back you got the score right I predicted Davis left wing back so it's good, good for both of us uh, I thought Davis uh, like you know you both said I thought we'd done really well uh, left wing back I mean He's playing against a you know, poor West Ham team, but I think he's done well, better than Perisic has done. And I'd like to see uh, both Perisic and Son benched against Chelsea, two different reasons. Perisic, I think I worry about him defensively, you know, and he's played a lot of minutes, more than he was probably expected, I think, when signing him. Um, so I think he needs that rest. And why change the team, you know, like when Davis done really well, a left wing back. Um, and I'd like to see, obviously, Richardson play, but I just think, the formation needs to be flexible to allow Richarlison um, to be at his uh, absolute best. Discuss this on my show Monday night about how we want to see Richarlison in different places. Um, and I, you know, I've got to agree. Um, so I think it's interesting, but I'd like to see a bit of a bit of a tweak. But I worry about us defensively. I think there's a possibility of Reese James coming back. In that case, I think Davies has got to play left wing back. You know, I think that's just the safest option. Yeah, I I think that I worry about him. Ben Davis against a pacey opposition. That's my only issue with that. Yeah. Um, and touching very quickly my thoughts on on Emerson Royale, I feel that, you know, Marlon, you mentioned about him going forward. I think that one thing that he has introduced to his game is his ability to cut inside a little bit more and be able to play inverted as opposed to out wide because out wide he really doesn't offer that much. But you saw from the goal that he scored um, that... You know, he was in the centre of the box at this point and it was wing back to wing back that played it. So, so you know, big up to him because, you know, I've been critical of him, but, uh, you know, it's good, good to see that. 
You can jump in if you want. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say, um, actually, then that's a very good point. Um, and the only, like, talking about, because you was obviously talking about Son, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about him being dropped for this week because it, it's a different team. It's a different animal. It is Chelsea, and Chelsea like to turn up, and he tends to play okay against Chelsea. Um, if possible, I'm, I wouldn't start with Charleston. Um, unless you're going to play two up top and put Kulu behind, play a three-man midfield, then I would say play Richarlison. But if he's going to drop Sun, I think he's either got to put Jan Juma there or Lucas Moura. Not that I want Lucas Moura out there, but he's going to do a job and a half decent. He's going to do a better job than Richarlison. And that's and that's my thinking behind it. Um, if you want Sun to come on. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, you're, you're in that situation right now where like you said, if the two wing backs are not going to go out wide, you then need your two wingers if they if they're going to be wingers. So you can't have Richarlison. You're going to have to play a Lucas Moura or a Dan Juma who can go further wide, and then you can have Kulu going on the ride right, and then you can have your two basically two wing backs coming in to support Kane. So it's a case of, yeah, I'm not sure if I entirely agree. I'm fifty fifty on the sun being dropped um, against teams like West Ham and Leicester where he was dropped. You know they're going to get tired. And they're not very. Cl- and the thing is, when you come up against a clever player like that, and you're tired in the last half an hour, yeah, you're going to get caught out. This is Chelsea, yeah, completely. You got centre backs that are clever. They're not even when they get tired, they're going to be one step ahead. So I'm a bit like maybe he needs to start, or maybe I don't know. I, on that situation, I really don't know. And either way, if he's dropped, depends who it's for. If he's not dropped, I'd be happy if he comes back into the starting lineup. Perfect, perfect. So, Harry, uh, want to know your thoughts on Eric Dyer's potential new contract at Spurs? You know, a lot of people have dismissed it, you know, and but a lot of managers have seen potential in Pochettino, Jose Mourinho, Antonio Conte. Give Stop us your... Yeah. Not Poch. Huh? <laughs> Not Poch. <laughs> well, he, he played him in various positions for Spurs. He did, yeah, yeah, but the problem is Poch wanted to get rid... <laughs> But he lost his job before he could get rid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the other, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, the punch, but we'll get into that. But yeah, go on. <laughs> Look, I no, just no, think I the think... amount of games he played for Spurs under Potch shows that he must have had but, something. But but he was yeah. To be fair, though, he was a midfielder then. He wasn't a centre back. So he was a midfielder. He was a right back. He, and then he went into centre back, didn't he? So it's, it, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Uh, Harry, oh, you go. Dear. <laughs> Sorry. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm fairly active. You probably see that I got criticised for my opinion on this. Lots of people have, have jumped at Dyer, need to get rid of him. I think Dyer's, Dyer's been poor. And um, maybe this is slightly hypocritical what I'm going to say because of someone who's said our defence is championship level. But personally, I, I do want to see him sign a new contract because I don't think we have... The players like he does that has has the passion, has the honesty, uh, you know, after the game to admit what's going wrong and what's the problem. People say at the end of the day, he, he's not here to be honest. He's you know here to play football. But I think there's some, some games recently that he's been he's been good. I thought West Ham he's really good, and he has a mistake in him, and he's he's not world class. <laughs> I can see what Marla thinks about that. He, he probably wouldn't get into any top four team, maybe not. I just personally love he's he's. His passion, honesty. I don't think uh, many of our players have that. And it's nice to hear after the game what's going wrong at the club. And he, someone who speaks out honestly, you know, 
I think he's a natural leader as well. And, and that leads to another example why I like the likes of Hoiberg. I don't think we have enough of that. And um, so, yeah, I'd like to see Dyer sign a new contract for that. Whether he should be in the team or not is a completely other discussion. But I think he's better than people make out. And you've got to remember a, a player that lots of managers here at the club have liked and um, wanted to sign. You know, Mourinho at Man United wanted to sign him. He's not world-class, Dyer. Never will be. You've got to accept that. But I think he's, I'm not going to say reliable, but I think he's solid uh, and does his job well. Before we go on to Chelsea, Marlon, what's your thoughts about that <laughs> comment from Harry? Because the one bit I want to pick out of that is that he wants him to sign a new contract, but he's not world-class and he probably wouldn't get into another team in the top four. So that suggests why keep him at Spurs? <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> I might let you get into that. So Eric Dyer, <laughs> Eric, the, the, you know, so he said one thing that um, Harry just said then was about the honesty that he has when it comes to interviews and stuff like that. Because most of the time he has to be because he's the problem. He's the issue, right? He wouldn't have to be honest if he wasn't in the team. Because if we had signed a half-decent centre-back, right? And the thing is, you look at, like, Harry, like, I look at Harry Suter, who just signed for um, Leicester, right? He was gettable. He was at Stoke. I get he probably wasn't the signings that um, Spurs fans would have wanted. But is he better than Eric Dyer? Yes, right? For me, Eric Dyer is a centre-back, right? And a lot of people have come out with this. Yeah, he's this, he's that. And, you know, when he plays well, he didn't play well against West Ham. West Ham were poor, right? Yeah. And, that, and that's and that's where I sit with Eric Dyer, right? He's such a poor centre-back yeah. that I'm kind of, I'm like, why the hell are we giving this man a new contract? But, but the one thing I do yeah. is he needed a new contract, but only for we've got to sell him. Yeah, and yeah. that's where I think he needs. That, that's why I believe that he does need that new contract. Now, there's no other reason because if I remember, <laughs> if I remember correctly, um, in the Premier League, he he doesn't count as a homegrown player. He only counts. No, as a he count. He counts as a home. He, does, he counts as a non-homegrown player in Champions League only because I think they changed the rules last year. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't count as a homegrown player. Now, my question is to you. Yeah. Yeah. He's not taking. Considering he's not a homegrown player, yeah, does that give you going to sit there and tell me that <laughs> as a non-homegrown player we can't find a better centre back in Europe? <laughs> no, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that because I've been critical of Dyer, um, and like you said, at times he has been problems in the game. I yeah. just uh, it may be stupid, but I like the things he does after the game, like he's a he's honesty, and that people go, "Hang on, he's not here to he's not here to talk. He's here to play football." Yeah, maybe that's true. Um, I don't think he's the problem. I think we've got worse defenders uh, in that team. Oh, yeah. and, and, do you know what? And, and do you know what? I actually agree with you. There are worse defenders. No, when are there worse defenders? I right? think so. I actually don't think there are. The problem is, and this is where I kind of go, this is where I'm going to contradict myself. The problem we have, Dyer's the only decent centre-back, central centre-back that we yeah. have. And that's the biggest issue because anyone who's gone there seems to have an issue playing there, Right. But we can see, and we still can see goals. But Dyer is a, when you play him in that as that third one, he's 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 okay, he's okay, and he's okay for what we have because you can't play Sanchez there because he's he, like we say he's Bambi on ice. You can't play Romero there because exactly. he's he's he wants the bomb. He wants to go into that tackle, and I think against Southampton last year he played there. And it just summed his. I was yeah, Southampton. It was, and he just summed up why he can't play there. 
Longley is probably the only other person who can play there. But I think, again, he needs a... But then you're, you've got no one to play left centre-back. Exactly. I don't think Ben Davis, again, when he plays with Longley, is very comfortable when he plays... He's more comfortable when he plays with Dyer. So you're stuck, again. And that's why them two positions need to be covered. And my worry is with Dyer getting this new contract is... we The most likely is we're not going to sign an English centre-back next season. Right, let's. We'll be quite honest about that. So if he's taken up, a, if he's taken up a non-homegrown player, it just means that we can't go out and get the two centre backs we need, because Dyer's already taken up a spot, and that's the biggest worry. Now, if they're thinking about it in the term of we need to sell Dyer in the summer, which I'll be totally happy with, then I can understand why he's got the new contract. But as Luke's pointed out earlier, if he's not good enough for a top four side or a Champions League team, why the hell are we giving this man a contract? Yeah, and, and this goes back to my point earlier. Again, what's the point of making Champions League when you've got players like Dyer who are going to always constantly play? And I, this is where I have a problem with Conte, Nuno, and Mourinho. And I'm probably having more of Jose because, and I, I thought it was down to the fact he could speak Portuguese, and that was the reason why. Um, <laughs> but the fact they all played him centre back and. Pochettino already, I think Pochettino already came out and said he can't play centre-back. That's why he put him in midfield. And for me, Dyer should have stayed in centre as a DM, right? He was, you know, he was playing for England on a regular basis there as well. Okay, he got really sick and got really ill, which you can't blame him for. And it took him some time to get back. But he's not a centre-back. He loses concentration. He is better as a DM. And personally, I would play him DM. I think him and Hoiberg would actually probably work quite well, but it's one of them. Yeah, it's interesting, like, listening to to both of your points on that. You know, the one reason I can think why Spurs would want to sign him on a, another contract is for financial reasons. Yeah. It's for financial reasons is they would rather utilise the asset and sell... Yeah. At a fee, as opposed yeah. to losing, which I, which I agree with. It's, it makes yeah. business sense, and that's the one bit I do agree with. But yeah, it's one of them. But if do you it, sign? If... But then, do you sign contracts with players just for financial reasons? And that becomes a problem with yeah. Spurs board. And that was where I will be critical of them: is that yeah. you can't look at everything as a financial gain or a financial uh, implication on it. Because you know, give him six months left of his contract, he could go abroad. But it's quite funny you say that as well because. When you look at their financial results and you look at what they said, they blamed a lot on their recruitment. Now, for me as a businessman, if you're going to say, actually, we couldn't make this amount of money because our recruitment was really bad, you kind of go, well, you're going to have to start writing off some of these assets that you you have messed up in, unfortunately, and restart again and build again. Because getting rid of Doherty and Aurea for free, I was very surprised. This is not a this is not a Tottenham Hotspur thing to do, um, but. Again, it's stuff like that where you go, okay, if you, you might need to start doing that with some other players, you need to get, lose them for free and start again. Um, and maybe it will work. But, you know, Paratici has made some half-decent signings that have, you know, less probably been the shining light in our team in the last few months. But we don't even know if he's going to be here next year. So you're stuck kind of in the, yeah, in the same yeah, situation, aren't you? So yeah, it's it's if for financial gain. But yeah, with Dyer, he's probably the one, I don't understand what the financial gain is. And if he is signing a new contract, so you can get rid of him. 
please don't try and um, sell him for like 30 million when he's not worth that. If it's 10 million or 15, that's a decent enough price for him. And to be fair, a team like Brighton, a team like Brentford, and all, yeah, nothing against them, but Dyer is perfect for them because there's less pressure on him. And actually, the way he plays might suit them. But for someone like us, it's completely different. Like, I I can actually probably see him at Leicester. And the financial implications really don't make much sense because, as far as I'm aware, he still doesn't qualify as a homegrown player. Not in the Premier League, only in the Champions League. Yeah. So, so, there, so yeah. therefore, why would you think, you know, it only really works, in my opinion, doing that if he was to become part of your homegrown quota for the Premier League, right? Yeah. So, so, yeah, and this is why actually that financial sense is not as high as somebody who would qualify for that so, on those bases. Yeah. Like, no matter how crap Cess is, you would understand it. In like, and you understand yeah. why Winks gets a new contract. You understand, you you get it. Like, if Tanganga was, if they came out tomorrow and said Tanganga's getting a new contract, you get it. He's not, he's not taking up no spaces. He's there as a homegrown player, and it just yeah. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Eric Dyer, the fact we signed him and knowing the, the fact he was going to take a homegrown spot, right? When he first started as DM, I, actually, I was willing to let him do it. But as soon as he went into centre back, game over. He's not good enough. He should have been on the same train as Deli Ali and gone. <laughs> right? Because yeah. Ben Davis was the same. I think he was the other way around, though, where he didn't count as a homegrown player in the Champions League only up until this year as well, but he was a homegrown in, in the Premier League. But Davis, again, you can understand why he would get new contracts. Once they're in the homegrown pool, you kind of go, you can take it. But once they're not homegrown, that's it. You need to be... They're, they're, they're the assets that are, are going to be taking up you taking up spots financially and hurting you. And like I said, to, I asked Harry Ola, are there better centre-backs in across Europe that are better than Eric Dyer? Yes. <laughs> I think we all know the um, answer to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I just personally can't see us signing two centre-backs and I think a left centre-back is is uh, is more important, um, or a left-footed centre-back, I should say. You know, uh, we won't get into this too much, but when he did say thoughts on long leg permanent, I think, again, there's much better left-footed no. centre-backs out there. Um, I, think done, I think he's done an all right job, but I think there are much better, high quality, younger left footed centre backs that we could go for in the summer. But yeah, Marlon, I want to touch on something I mentioned last week because someone jumped in our comments of last week's video and, and shouted loads of abuse at me, which I do like to read. Um, <laughs> what did what you I, say? I know, yeah. <laughs> what I said last week, right? And I'm going to ask you now, okay, because I kind of know your thoughts a little bit on this, but I want to yeah. like hear it in full so and then we'll jump on to Chelsea for the last 10 minutes but I said last week that Antonio Conte in my opinion sits in the same bracket as Jose Mourinho in terms of outdated prehistoric and football that doesn't doesn't get played and shouldn't be played in the modern football and that's why he's getting outplayed week in week out and I can't wait till the day that Antonio Conte leaves Spurs that's the words that I said Okay. What are your thoughts on Antonio Conte as a whole? And do you agree with that or do you have a completely different view? So, um, so I agree with the sense on he's not prehistoric and I don't agree Jose is either, right? And uh, I'll answer both um, to why I don't think. Give them the team or the players that they need for their systems, it works, Right. And the reason why I say that is because, again, I go back to last season. You go back to the last five, six games when actually the players believed in the star when everything was working. And I think even Conte believed in the players, even though they, even though at the time they still weren't good enough because they're still inconsistent then. 
but it does work. The problem you've got a lot with this season is I think a lot of things have happened to Conte personally. Um, and I think that's played a lot into tactics and stuff like that. And actually, he probably does need some time away from football. But if you gave Conte two decent centre-backs, um, probably a, a better midfielder than Hoiberg. I'm not saying nothing against Hoiberg, but I'm just saying to play with Bentoncourt because Bentoncourt is the one that goes forward. And if you had a fit Kulu and a Sun firing um, and two decent wing-backs... I think it works. But the problem is Spurs are not going to back him like when I say back him because that's a very loose word. Spurs are not going to buy them players. They want you to build. Wrong team. We're the wrong club. Right? Now, I'm going to take you back to Jose, right? You forget that Jose had us top of the league, right? And actually playing half decent football at the beginning. You know, when we were battering Southampton, before we went to, before we went to Liverpool, and then all of a sudden, it was... Remember when we beat Chelsea 5-3 um, all them years ago um, under Poch, and it was Jose and, the, and, and Chelsea were top? And then after he lost 5-3... On New Year's Day? Yeah. After New Year's Day, you can ask Chelsea fans this, Mourinho went defensive for the rest of the season because he wanted that title. But before that, Chelsea were the most entertaining club in the league. Like, I remember watching them going, this ain't Jose Mourinho, what's going on here? But he learned a lot from his Madrid days. But you have to look at what Roma are doing this year. And Roma actually, you know, again, they're in the same situation as Spurs. But again, he's doing okay. He's doing the job he's supposed to. And I think it's not a case of um, they're past it. But Mourinho, I kind of thought, was past it until I saw him at Roma this year. And I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, if you gave him more time. But again, if you gave him the defenders he wanted at Spurs, might have been a complete different situation. And I think the same goes with Conte. And I think Conte and Mourinho don't work for Spurs under this ownership. There's only certain type of managers you can go out and get if you want it to work. And they've got to be coaches. They've got to be better coaches than managers. Ones that are going to make players better, right? Conte and Mourinho ain't in for that. You're, You're a man, yeah? You want to play football, you make yourself better. I tell you how to do it, you go and do all the other stuff off the pitch to make yourself into a better player. And that's the biggest issue um, that some of the people won't like. Because let's be honest, Pep Guardiola is a complete, like everyone, so Pep Guardiola, let's take Pep, right? Pep's first season at Man City, right? The defence was crap, right? He improves players, but their defence was crap. Why did he go out and spend 100, I think it was 200 million in the end, on a whole new defence? Why couldn't he coach them? <laughs> why couldn't he coach Zabaleta? Why couldn't he coach um, I forgot who else they had at the back of the time, Kolarov and all them. Why did he just not go and coach them? Why did he go and buy the Carl Walkers of this world? Why did he go buy Mendy? Why did he go buy yeah. Laporte? Why did he go buy Diaz? If they could be coached, the defence he had at the time and he was a good coach, why did he buy them? Yeah, it's a good point. Last point on this, right? I asked Harry this and he decided to bottle it last week. So oh, I'll, I'll come back to you in a minute. But um, I'm ready. Marlon, my question for Harry last week was <laughs> a lot of people say <laughs> that Conte, right, hasn't yeah. been backed by the board and our club don't back managers and so on, right? I just need I just want a number from you, right? How much does Conte need to be given and how much do we need to spend in transfers before people start <laughs> using the terms he has been backed, you know, because I, I'm asking myself a question every day. Is it 100? Is it 300? Is it 500? You know, how much till people are happy? 
It's not about money. It's about personnel. Um, and this is, where, this is where I sit on it. It's not about, I, like, for me, I couldn't care less if Spurs spent 500 million, 600 million. I don't care. It's Or even if they spent 200 million. It's about the personnel you have in the team. And if, if for me, and this is where I'm going to sit, if for me, Conte went into the went into the Spurs board went, and he went into them and said, you know what, I'm happy with Davis, Dyer um, to be my centre-backs for the next season. I have a problem with Conte. Because I can clearly see, not nothing against Davis, but it's a case of, I can clearly see most of the goals that we end up conceding or are coming from that side and are down to them not being stronger than they should. So, when we say it's Conte, like, we, do, we don't want, like, we don't want stories coming out this week about Richarlison where it come out and said it wasn't Conte said yes but it was a Daniel Levy thing that he thought he could get one over Everton we don't want that and this is the problem that every manager's had we are a team that take our when we go into transfer markets we seem we we only do deals if it's a great opportunity we never go into a deal going we want you you're our first target we're getting you now, I completely can see why Richarlison's come in and I completely understand it. And I'm happy that he's come in because I always said we needed a backup to Kane. But he's never, he, how many times has he come on for Kane <laughs> is one question. And how many times has he played as a central striker? Right, position that he's naturally good at. Um, but whose fault is that? Again, that's, and that's, well, again, and this is why if Conte didn't want him, don't buy him. <laughs> right, the same goes with Basuma. Apparently, Basuma wasn't his signing either. Apparently, the only person that from our summer transfer window that seems to be signing is Perisic, <laughs> right? Because he needed a left wing back. But it's a case of Longley was a stopgap because the two centre backs that apparently we wanted both said no, right? They didn't want to come to Spurs. I know people won't like to hear that, but they didn't actually want to come to Spurs, right? Because it was Bremer who ended up going Juventus and he wanted Bastoni, those were the two that they were going after. You know, at the end of the day, there was other reasons why they didn't come. But being backed, yeah, it's, I think it's hard to be backed sometimes because a lot of the players that Conte and them guys want don't want to come to Tottenham. So you have to take that into consideration as well. So you are going to be left with the long lays of this world, unfortunately, the Richarlison's, the Basumas. And to be fair to Basuma, he needs an attack, he needs a manager that's going to attack. He doesn't, you know, you can blatantly yeah. see he's not going to fit into a Conte system. He might eventually, you don't know, you know, he might come back and it might be a completely consumer that we see. But yeah, if Conte has gone in and said that that back three, and including, I'm going to include Royale and Doherty and Cess and Paris um, and Cess in this as well, because it's a whole back line. If he says he's happy with that back line, that's on him. Because yeah, for yeah. me, as fans, <laughs> we can blatantly see that they shouldn't be in the Champions League. I know they got it, to, got us there, but then players wouldn't like. I look at the Champions League. Teams and how many of them will get into Champions League teams is another question. Yeah, this could this could go on and on and on and on and on yeah. and on. We could talk for another two hours about this, but um, I appreciate that you didn't answer it, but I appreciate that you answered it in a, in a politician's <laughs> way, just like Harry did. So let's move on. Um, and talk about, I'll let you get uh, the abuse, not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I can take it on the chin. Um, shout out to the angry cock. Uh, please don't be angry at us, but they said coys. Um, so let's talk about Chelsea. So uh, people may have seen my tweet about Chelsea. I will go on to that shortly. But Harry, 
you haven't talked for a while. So talk to you about Chelsea. Tell me how optimistic you are for the Chelsea game this weekend. Talk to me. Um, well, at least we won against West Ham, I suppose. It gives me a little bit of hope. Um, do I think we'll win the game? No. Can I see us losing the game? Probably not either. Um, get on to score predictions later. If Chelsea going to be up for any game this season, it's going to be against us. This is the game they're going to be up for. Right, and we've got to remember their team's full of 600 million. It hasn't quite glued yet, but it'd only be Spurs, wouldn't it, to start their run for top four. Um, would I take a point? Don't know, probably not actually, but it's a game that going into it, I can't see this or losing. I mean, <laughs> that narrows it down to a draw, but um, yeah, a little bit of hope against West Ham, but I just look at the injuries we've got, look at the situation with the club. Perhaps I generally have a more negative view, but I don't go into that game going, Oh, I'm looking forward to this. We're gonna we're gonna smash Chelsea like Sam Thanks that we think we did, but I win in the game like that against West Ham. So who knows? I'm I'm not feeling that confident to be honest. Closer we get to it, the more I I think about we might lose. Harry, why are you not feeling confident? Conte's not there. I thought you said Stellini's the man. Well, well, <laughs> true. I did I did say Stellini's the man. I look at I, I look at our record. team. Yeah, <laughs> I look at our team. I look at yeah transfer windows. I look at. See what what I look you're looking at is pro- I'm probably mistaken, but I look at Chelsea's new signings, their profiles, and their money, and I just hope that it hasn't glued at the moment. The possibility of Reese James coming back for the game scares me, to be honest with you. Looking at our defence, I think here on circles, you know, the whole team I don't think be able to get the ball off Reese James. It may sound stupid, but you know I think Reese James is a, is a lot better than any other player we've got in that position. Um, so that that concerns concerns me the possibility of him coming back. I just help Chelsea play like they have done recently, uh, where things aren't quite gluing. But I'm not going to stay. Stellini's the man for the job permanently. I believe Stellini's the, the man for the job until the end of the season. I'm not going to. And perhaps again, I'm being like a politician, like perhaps I was last week. I'm not going to answer that question, <laughs> Luke. But I think um, he's a man at the moment for the job. You know, 100% win record under him. You can't question that. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, I'll jump to you in a second, Marlon. But I, you know, I tweeted out yesterday and I said that I was incredibly confident about the Chelsea game. I think that this isn't a Chelsea of, of years ago. This isn't the Chelsea of players that know about how the record against Spurs, that know about, you know, how they yeah. often do beat and get points off Spurs. This is a Chelsea side under Don't Graham Potter, <laughs> under, you know, a manager who performed incredibly well for Brighton. And, you know, I hate to always use this analogy, but anyone that's ever played football manager, you try signing 12 odd players or however many they've signed in this window, it never ever works because the players never ever gel. You never get a consistency of players. You never get consistency of team cohesion. Eventually they do. Eventually. But it's going to take a long time, in my opinion, for that to happen. Foley is playing football manager on a daily basis in real life. And I just don't believe that... Um, Potter will work out, unfortunately, at Chelsea. I like Potter. I don't think he'll work out. And I don't think that, that Chelsea will get anything against Spurs this week. I think that we will um, be far the better team. But Marlon, what's your thoughts? You've had one pessimist and one optimist. What's your thoughts? <laughs> um, I'm sitting in the camp of... So I look at it like this. Um, I'm probably going to sit on the fence and say it's probably going to be a draw. If I'm being realistic, Spurs should not be losing this game. There's no way Spurs should be losing or drawing this game. But I always have to remember it's Chelsea. 
Chelsea, no matter what situation that they could be getting relegated, they'll always turn up again. They'll probably beat Spurs if they were getting relegated and probably smash them about four or five nil. It's that situation when it comes to Chelsea. The only thing I'll say is that Chelsea, if you've what I, I think I watched them against Dortmund and I watched them against West Ham. And to be honest to them, they played well. They've just got no striker. And if you're going to have Havertz up front, it's a concern because he's not a goal scorer. But he will t- he will get goals once in a blue moon. So for me, um, yeah, I've got a feeling that it's not going to end well for us. I think they haven't lost at the new stadium either. Um, it's one of them where I wouldn't be surprised if this is the game where Potter turns it round. Um, yeah. they, they, at the end of the day, we're, we're not. We shouldn't be losing because of how they're on the form that they're on, but. We have to not take away. Chelsea are playing well. They are playing well. Like against Dortmund, they should never have lost one 0 The chances no. they had was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. there was one cleared off the line. They were hitting the bar, hitting the post. And you're like, what's going on? And you have to look at it. Look what they did to AC Milan, home and away, and that was under Potter. And look what we did. <laughs> so, you know, if we didn't have a Harry Kane, would we be Chelsea? And that's how we have to look at it, kind of thing. Um, so my worry is, as, as long as we can keep a clean sheet tomorrow, um, we're, we're fine. We should be okay. But yeah, we, if we don't keep a clean sheet, I don't think we're going to win. Okay. Now comes the all-important uh, score predictions. So, Harry, we'll start with you. Unfortunately, you can't dodge this question, my friend. Um, you have to come up with something. So... Okay. Hit us. What's the score going to be? One-one. Oh, Christ! Okay. Right. One-one from Harry. <laughs> um, I'm going to back myself with the same result as last week. So I think we'll walk out two-nil. I think we'll keep a clean sheet. Um, and, How can you yeah. be so positive? How can I be so positive? Because I look Watching at the Tottenham. way that Chelsea, the way that Chelsea play and how poor they've been against West Ham. He's been poor. Southampton. But we still managed to beat those those oppositions. Um, yes, I, yes. I, I can't see. They don't have a proper striker. You know, they have the likes of Jao Felix on loan, who's been hit and miss. That very good. Woodrick, who plays in midfield, has been, you know, dreadful at times. Um, Havertz is, you know, okay when he wants to be. I just don't think they have anyone that will um, – that will score the goals. But the angry cocker said, do you realise that we have Eric Dyer as centre-back? I do. But I feel like, you know, with two other players around him, there's a lot more cover for him. I think that next season, I'm not going to name who I think is the manager. I've said many, many times, but I think we go back to a back four and I think we we then need one quality centre-back to fill in and he won't play a single game for us. Um, but Marla, what's the score prediction? Uh, oh, uh, probably one nil Chelsea. Oh, it'd probably it'd probably be a penalty. Right. I, okay. I, so... I, I look, we haven't beat Chelsea since at Wembley, and I why am I like? There's nothing striving me with confidence to go that we're going to beat them this time round, and I think that's why I'm, I can't. I never predict Spurs to win anyway. Just to throw it out there, <laughs> unless the only time I think I've done it twice, and one of and that's when we play teams that are really like dire, like proper. In the like, they just know they're not going to come to Spurs and win. But this is Chelsea. I'm going on history, and as you said, Luke, you know these players might not know, but they're going to know this week. But there'll be people at the training ground going, "If you're going to, if you need to turn it on this week, you, yeah. it, it's Spurs, it's Tottenham. The fans will kill you if you don't turn up." 
and literally will be lynching you if you don't. So they'll be here at the training ground if you don't turn up on Sunday. So I'm not I'm not going to be confident. If we concede, we're losing. I think it's going to be a penalty. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised me if it comes from Eric Dyer a long way conceding it. Penalty by Havert. Yeah. Will be their goal right. for me. I'm sorry, yeah. I just can't I can't see us winning this game. There's no, there's nothing. And especially no, with the way our front especially with the way our front three is. And I think Kane's been pocketed by Thiago Silva every time he's played him. I know he scored the, the, the equaliser at Stamford Bridge, but he was poor that game. It was probably yeah. his poorest game in the Spurs shirt. But every time he's come up against Thiago Silva, he's Kane's been non-existent. And Thiago mm. Silva is just that intelligent. He knows how to play against Harry Kane. And that's my worry, is if Harry yeah. Kane's on the fire, I'm not, I can't rely on the others, clearly. So unless Hoiberg and Sarah, Scar, Skip, sorry, if they're going to be playing, are going to do a weldy. But even Everson Royale, he's probably the man I'm relying on. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, yeah, not often that you think you'd hear that statement. But, no. uh, you know, just to go around the houses, I said 2-0 Spurs. Harry said 1-1. Marlon said 1-0 Chelsea. And Winnie, our other host who couldn't be with us today, has said 2-1 Spurs. So that kind of wraps us up for the show. So really appreciate everybody coming on. Um, Marlon, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back on, mate. Tell everybody how they can find you. Yeah, so you can find me on YouTube in our handle, um, in my handle that's above itself, Quares, if you um, want to check anything of us out. And if you want to, it's also called a View from the South Stand TV. Uh, me and my other hosts, we do match reactions after games, usually about 7.30 on the weekend and 10 o'clock um, during the week. Um, and we just get a nat- we get the reactions of fans, and that's why you know Harry's been on, Luke's been on, and you know come on, yeah. It, we literally it's fun getting people's reactions straight after a game, and then talking to them a week later, and they're like, you know, I've had a chance to watch it again. It's just it's incredible. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. And also, if, if you're about, we have a new show dropping this Tuesday, and we're talking to two season ticket holders as well. Um, it's going to be a two-hour show, nine o'clock. Um, I'm going to start promoting it on the socials as well. We're, we're going to try something different. So just come over, subscribe. And if after the first month you don't like it, then you can hit that unsubscribe. And make sure you subscribe to this channel as well. And actually, let's let's be out there. If you see a Spurs football channel on YouTube, no matter who it is, just subscribe, right? Because some of the entertainment you'll get from it is absolutely brilliant. Just get, you know, just let's all support each other, right? We're all in it for one thing, and we all love Tottenham Hotspur. Mate, that's absolutely brilliant. I really, really appreciate that. And you're not yeah. wrong. You know, go and support each other. Um, more importantly as well, go and check out the View from the South Stand TV. And also, go and support Harry, who has just hit 300 subs on his channel, Scarfy Spurs Talk. Piggybacking off our channel once again. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> Wait. And, uh, <laughs> can find you, Harry. Um, thank you, Luke. Yeah, um, so you got my personal tag there, Harry Scarf22, which you probably see me fairly active, I would say, uh, on Twitter. Like right, winding up rival fans, giving my opinions. Yeah, fairly active on there, have a decent following. Uh, I'm also the founder of Scarfy Spurs Talk, which is a fan channel, independent hub, transfer news, post match reactions. As you know, now new live show Monday every 8 pm, uh, which has gone down well, which I'm happy about. And now we've reached 300 subs. Uh, and although that may not seem like a lot, just to give you an idea, it's been, we've gained nearly 60 subs in 2023. We started properly in January, so that turnover has been 
has been I've never seen it before talking you know so many subs every day so thank you all for your incredible support uh, you also see me quite often every Saturday co-host of Parkland podcast and also I'm on Marlon uh, your fantastic uh, channel a view from the south stand uh, quite regularly as well so yeah go check out Parkland podcast Scarfie's personal and a view from the south stand I think three excellent channels you're on mute mute Luke <laughs> mute <laughs> All right, all right. Um, much love <laughs> to everybody here today. So really do appreciate it. Uh, as mentioned at the start of the show, you can check out our sponsors uh, who are here, Secure it VPN. Uh, you get 25% discount off your first month. So make sure you follow secure.vpn.com forward slash park lane pod. But more importantly, subscribe to everyone's channel. Support all the Spurs fans that are out there doing this for free every week um or sometimes daily and putting out content that is absolutely brilliant so go support each other go chat in the comments go subscribe yeah. to everyone's channel uh we really 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 do appreciate it but you know we will see you next week where we will talk a lot more spurs and a lot more antics that have happened including we'll talk about daniel levy's potential pay rise so make sure you check you, that one out uh great to see everybody thank you all once again for joining and we'll see you next time come on you spurs come on you spurs <laughs> Oh, my God.